Just to okay, okay, Abby. But like, how does? <laughs> okay, Abby, let's 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 play I, in that space a little bit. I, so, what signal? Again, is he... <laughs> Abby does not do science corner. <laughs> but what to a he... person who doesn't do science corner, I can no, make it, it work make in sense. my brain. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm Paul. And I'm Abby, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today, we're going to be talking about assignment Earth. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to have to talk fast in this episode because I think it's one that we're going to talk a lot about and we only have so much time, so... Everything double speed, right? I have I have like a lot of notes. Oh really? Because I don't have very many notes. <laughs> yeah. At all. Look yeah. At these, look at these scribblings of a madman. Um. Paul, I think this is gonna be all on you because I'm just willing to say this is a bad episode. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I oh my gosh. disagree. It's not an episode of Star Trek. Right? No, it's, it's a... not. But I, I do like it. <laughs> I do not like it. Well, again, there's a note in here somewhere that it is. It's like, wow, this is not an anybody episode. No. Um, because, because it's not. It's a Gary Seven episode. I kept um, watching it thinking, this feels like an episode of Doctor Who when the Doctor is kind of bingo. a tangential character. That's what I yep. kept thinking about. <laughs> I have a bunch of notes that like, wow, this is what it feels like to be the other side of interactions with the Doctor. Yes, totally. <laughs> right? It felt like, like Blink or something like that. Yep. Where... Okay, um, I actually have that same note, which means that this is all the way around terrible. No, it's oh, not. I, a t- I don't no, think it's, it's not... terrible. Okay, let's jump to the, let's jump to the end premise because I, I didn't read Memory Alpha beforehand, but um, this is not an episode of Trek. This is Gene Roddenberry, try- Gene Roddenberry trying to pilot another show. Because yes, think this is, is a backdoor pilot, yes. Which I kept thinking about while I was watching it, and then I read Memory Alpha and found out it was, in fact, a backdoor pilot. And I'm yes. like, that explains literally everything. Everything. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, Star Trek's not doing great in the second season, and Gene Roddenberry's like, huh, what's my next show going to be? How about this one about Gary Seven and a Cat? Um, how could I get that off the ground? Um, and as you did in the 60s and 70s and uh, 80s, maybe even and into the now, 90s. And now, really. Well, Every yes, but not as blatantly, right? Not, not as blatantly, as blatantly. but yeah. Um, you would just like put another show in there. Um, and if you watch television of that era, um, there's tons of these like kind of crappy episodes of, of a show that are just backdoor pilots, as Abby said. Um, yeah, you know, I wonder what that would feel like for, for example, the crew, the cast of Star Trek. What that would have felt like to them to be making this episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of get a week off, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, week of paid vacation, I guess. But, like, as, <laughs> as people, like, personally, it must not have felt very good. Well, but they can't have been unaware that the show wasn't doing that well. I mean, it, it's not like they don't read variety. Well, that's, sure. but I have read that that is just, like, blatantly not true. And that ratings were actually really good. Uh, and it was the network that was sort of set on making the show fail. Well, and that's usually how it, well, not usually, but that happens in a lot of cases, um, Mm -hmm. especially in sci-fi. You see that throughout the last 50, 60 years. Um, 
I mean, we're just lucky the show got another season and that it became syndicated, or sure. we would definitely not be having this podcast. We'd be having a Gary Seven podcast. <laughs> maybe, th- maybe this is our spinoff episode for a Gary Seven What If podcast. That it's, if <laughs> a writer's I'm room podcast where we write the series Gary Seven. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I would watch that show. I probably would too. Um, it, it, it I would never super, watch that show. It had the super <laughs> '60s feel. Yeah, like I've, seen, felt... I've seen that show. Is what the problem is. Well, there is that, but it felt very like every time he like got stuff out of the wall, I was like, "Are we get smart? Are we borrowing a set?" Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> which super I'm not mad about because I love like, Get Smart. Um, oh yeah. Well, they like, even use stills from of uh, the skyline of Manhattan from yeah, Man yeah. from Uncle. Man from Uncle. So. Um, <laughs> A no, super, uh, all of that era, right? Super inspired, but. It's terrible. I did not like any, I do not like James Bond now. I do not like the old James Bond. Oh, I, I didn't get any James Bond read off this. I got oh a little God. bit. I got like, 100% that it is just another James Bond. I didn't get really? James Bond as much. I'm sorry. Okay, hold on, people. The secret agent who, like, has the secret room, like, and the, like, James Bond doesn't technology. have secret no, rooms. No, that's not a James Bond. That's just 60s spy shows. That's yeah, yeah, not, yeah. That's not movies. Okay, so whatever. Much. I don't care. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. I hate this episode. Can we be done with our talk? <laughs> no. Nope. I'm, I'm we too, cannot. I have pages. <laughs> uh, but, okay, as a Star Trek episode, let me say that my first note is right off the start, WTF, this episode is already garbage. Um, yes, thank you. Because no, as first, a Star Trek episode. As this a Star Trek episode. Thing. And it's only the first 30 seconds, and it's very clear that they're like, well, how do we make this work in the Star Trek universe? Yes. Well, let's throw out canon for 30 seconds. And and time um, travel is totally a thing we do. Time travel's on the table. all the time. Um, yeah, they use the light speed break go wave factor. Yeah, which um, I wrote down as well and went, what? <laughs> they could also cloak. They could also cloak with their deflector shields. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Right, because... <laughs> also, they do... No, this is not the first time this has happened. They have gone into orbit, and so do other ships around other sort of primitive planet, non-space-capable of traveling planets, and they have in some ways deflected. And it's not just in this series. They've made themselves invisible at other times to these planets. This yeah, is not the first time. I think there's a gulf between the 1920s and today. I mean, they just did it in City on the Edge of Forever. They just talked about hiding themselves. Uh, we haven't what? watched City on the Edge of Forever yet. Also, the okay. Enterprise does not go back in City on the Edge of Forever. Wait, what am I thinking? No idea. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the one with... The Guardian of, of Forever? No, the Guardian sends Kirk and Spock back to chase McCoy. You're thinking of a different episode, but... Um, what one did we just watch where they went back in time? Uh, the one with the fighter pilot. Um, uh, uh, Operation Annihilate, maybe? No, nope, that's, that's not the it. one with the Amoebas. That's the other one. Um, it's. I know what it you're talking about. It's not a good episode. I... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just saying. Tomorrow's yesterday. Tomorrow's yesterday. Tomorrow's yesterday. Um, they hide themselves in that. Was that earlier? What year was that one? That was they 60 hide... something. It was the same. I think it was 69. 60, it is 69 because it was on Memory Alpha that technically, though they're oh, yeah, in yeah. 68 right. in this episode, technically the events of tomorrow's yeah, yesterday later, haven't yeah. happened yet. <laughs> Tomorrow is yesterday. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But in any case, they, they definitely hid themselves. They hid themselves, but they but don't they make as much of a point that. about it, I think is the difference. Uh, and realistically, they could just be in higher orbit. Right? There's lots of other ways to do it, right? If you're in higher orbit, um, it's, yeah. 
again, I, I, sorry, I don't want to dwell on this point, but they're definitely like throwing stuff out there in weird ways. Yeah, the point of this whole ridiculous tangent is the fact that they are using technology that throughout the rest of Star Trek is not a thing they use. Yes, which I will agree with. But I did like those opening special effects with that shaking. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's also the case, though, that they um, they go back even the pretense of the episode, they go back to like find out about history of. They, yeah, they're they, like, like. We don't no, know what happened in sense. 1968. And it's like, look, <laughs> you know what happened in like 1450. You you have all these <laughs> records of all this crazy stuff, and you're gonna say that like you don't know what happened in 1968. Like, yeah, no, they're the on a premise, historical reconnaissance mission. The premise does not make a lot of sense. <laughs> but again, Gary Seven is essentially on a historical reconnaissance mission. So I don't know that actually I don't think Gary Seven is. I think in Gary Seven's timeline, the whatever race, alien race he is coming from he is in real time is living with the sixties because the way yeah. they talk about how they took human beings from the distant past and then raised them in their society to become yep. agents to like take very care time of lordy. stuff. Very it time is lordy. very time lordy. But he shits out that they took him like 6,000 years ago, which does not seem that's, necessary. No, I mean, that's perfectly fine. Especially this planet is a thousand light years away is where the beam comes from. Mm. So, I mean, even if they're traveling fast, the idea would be like 6,000 years ago, they get some people. On Star Trek's timescales, they do this worse sometimes, right? <laughs> um, what, the, what was the planet we were just at that was 10,000? The civilization oh, was yeah. 10,000 years old, right? Yeah. Was, that was world was hollow, right? That asteroid had been in space for 10,000 years. Um, so yeah, they've done worse. It's not good, but it's not as bad as they sometimes are. Um, that said, this is, uh, further away than Gothos, which was 900 light years away. Um, just for some context. Yeah. It's yeah. I, again, this, while it's not technically an episode of Star Trek, it is an episode of a show I would probably watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there like... with you. The premise is fine. The, I, think the I don't think so. I think it's terrible. I the hate interesting, it. The interesting question, though, is whether or not Gary Seven is a time traveler. Because that's what all I don't of it hinges think so. on. I don't think so either. I think you're, you're right in that read. But I think that's what the viewer has to struggle with. And I think that's what Kirk and Spock have to struggle with. Um, because that's the whole hinge. If he's a time traveler, then they have to stop him. If he's not, then they have to let him do whatever he's doing. Um, and they struggle with that. Uh, and they largely don't. They don't have. They don't accomplish anything relative to that problem. Right? They don't they accomplish sort of let, anything really at all. No, they just sort of let things happen around them. Um, which, again, this is not necessarily an episode of Star Trek. Um, but it's weird that way. But it, it sort of does paint that picture of, like, if you are a time traveler, you do have to know if other people around you are time travelers or not. Yes. It would be helpful information to have. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I understand. It's a weird... Like, I get why the Enterprise crew is, like, freaking out. Because there shouldn't be any other alien species hanging out in the 60s and they're confused and they don't know really what to do but i also think they go about figuring it out very badly (laughs) yeah well he also i mean to the point that he's not a time traveler he does bring up when they first teleport him in he says like you're not from this time or something which does imply that he has knowledge of the future 
Which is kind of why I, I, I am curious about why they don't yeah, really like, trust him. Because I'm, I'm like, I get not, I get having to do your due diligence and whatever, but the fact that Kirk struggles so much with do I trust this guy or not kind of doesn't feel right to Kirk. Because I feel like Kirk would be like, nope, it's totally fine. <laughs> this seems well, legit. No, it doesn't make any sense. That's not how he no, operates. No, but again, if he's a time traveler, if Gary Seven is time traveling, then they do have to stop him. Right? Yeah, but Kirk doesn't make decisions like this. He doesn't hedge and haw. He doesn't. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he like, it's not true to his character. Like, it, the premise doesn't make sense. You know, I hate it when things don't work with the characterizations, especially this late in the show when we've had these characters for two seasons. Yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I hate it. It's yeah, it's just terrible. It sort of it sort of speaks to what we're saying. We're throwing out canon like. Um, time travel that they're kind of throwing out the characters because they're not sure they're going to use them again um, and throwing them out so that they could, you know, get a Gary seven character. And this is the um, last episode of season two. Yeah. So that's a good Which point. Which means this show could have ended like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, but finales weren't the same as they are now. Yes. But still that's a terrible ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bless you. Don't die. Thank you. I'm fine. Can we talk about that cat meow? No, sure. sure. <laughs> that's all I want to say. Okay, that's, <laughs> just, that's all we just, need to say. The I think. Comment, the the, cat, no, know. those cat sounds were like the worst cat sounds. And also, did they not learn from Cat's Paw that having a cat doesn't work? And that I thought the that cat, cat was is fine. I thought the cat was fine. Very uncooperative. That cat was fine. That cat that was, was fine. That cat, cat was like going to places and like coming like a dog. It was. Like, <laughs> Every no. time the cat jumped down, it was like, I will go back to your lab. The and I was cat was out here. All the scenes of the cat practically were shot off stage. Like it was the cat by itself because it wouldn't cooperate with the people, I presume. No, there were a ton where like he's working on the rocket and the cat's like on his back and stuff. Yeah. The cat was super interactive and... with Gary Seven. Yeah. And he was I holding disagree. the cat all the time and Spock was holding the cat all the time. <laughs> and Chelsea, the cat this was has got to be your least favorite episode. Seriously. You have nothing good about this. <laughs> we could talk about the Doctor, I suppose. We could talk about Doctor Who. I mean, I will always talk about Doctor Who. He does have a sonic pen. He does! Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. It, there is, yeah, yeah. Maybe this is Time Lords. Maybe Gene Roddenberry, like, got a hold of some Doctor Who and was like, It would have been what? contemporaneous, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, Doctor Who was, came out before Trek did, so. Um, if they saw it, yeah. Well, I mean, it would it, it would have by now. I would hope it that Gene Roddenberry would have. Yeah. Right. Um, um, well, we've talked about that before. We but I'm not entirely convinced that the globalization well, of TV is such where he would have. I guess that's true. I mean, what what Gene Roddenberry would have been watching, he would have had access to it if he wanted him, right? Uh, not a standard American, but yeah, but and I don't know how much he traveled and stuff like that too. This so. guy's also this guy's also kind of just a Highlander. <laughs> to <begin> with, <laughs> he just has an apartment in manhattan <laughs> yeah just well to be fair his agents have the apartment in manhattan oh that's true it's well, it's whatever. the age which who he died seems pretty at home there yeah but who they I, I assume that all of their kind of bases look the same okay is my theory like because so, he knows where all the computer stuff unless he did recon before i don't know so what is the show gonna be after this pilot because if he doesn't time travel Hasn't he already completed his mission, and it's just going to be him marrying that girl, and then like living in New York together? That's well, a really I good think point, the Chelsea. I think the from what I read on Memory Alpha, it was basically 
him and Terry Gar like go around saving the world and keeping it safe from other aliens who want to do harm is kind of almost, what I almost like a doctor and his companion. Yeah, it was very Doctor <laughs> Who. It is very Doctor Who. So no, I but Chelsea, be that's a really then. good point. That like I mean, if he doesn't time travel, this kind of gets boring quick. Well, it becomes right. it becomes Man from Uncle, sure. like. <laughs> Or Avengers, or whatever. So like maybe any other it is clear that the person who saw this, whether or not it was Gene Roddenberry, had seen Doctor Who. Well, I but think that, Roddenberry wrote this one, right? Yeah, he did. He co- he co-wrote it, and he di- kind of directed the other writer, um, whose name I cannot remember at the moment, um, to write it this way. They were very much making a backdoor pilot. It was very intentional. So, hmm. I mean, I think it. Then maybe they had seen it. I don't know. It's just the coincidences, the similarities are too great. Yeah. I guess without time travel, you'd have to have a lot of aliens. It becomes yes. V or something. Well, it would have to be. Like, <laughs> how are they interacting with them? Sure. They just happen to find them? It would have to be like the John Pertwee years of Doctor Who where he's stuck on Earth. Like, that's kind of what yeah. it would end up being. Yeah. He's just Which working I've never for seen. Um, He's working for uh, Unit, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It'd be kind of similar, I think. So it, I, I think it's just, it's a 60s spy show, kind of, is what he's setting up with, with aliens. Which, again, is not a bad... Not a bad premise! Back of the envelope premise. 60s spy show, but aliens. That's not a bad pitch. I think it's terrible. I would never watch that. <laughs> well, luckily, you, said you wouldn't you watch don't spy shows. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so stupid. Can we go to a can we go to a geopolitical corner? Sure, um, <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> which is about uh, nukes in space, right? Oh, this yeah. is set in '68. Um, the Outer Space Treaty, which has a more complex name, which I forgot to write down. Um, well, it's called that now, but it was originally called something much more complex. Uh, was signed in January 1967 by um, the U.S., the Soviet Union. And Britain, I think, were the three signatories. Um, that prohibits exactly what they're doing. Um, putting any sort of, uh, nu- well, ex- expressly uh, nuclear weapons in space. But any sort of weapons of mass destruction in space. Uh, any sort of militarization of the moon. Um, and that's already out there for a year and a half before this episode airs. Yeah, I, I the whole, that whole, like, section of them talking about like nukes in space and salad and stuff i was confused by and didn't uh, understand they were like launching orbital weapons platforms essentially or really just putting n- nukes in geosynchronous orbit so that they could drop them anytime they want i suppose yeah, i mean it's unclear what the message here is is this supposed to be firmly against the, the nuclearization nuclear of space de- yes i think is so it? i think so too because the way they kind of, especially the way that they're trying to keep it from being World War Three, is basically kind of kind of seems to be the point. And it, this is a it, bad idea, so we're going to stop it from happening. This was right around. This comes very close to um, a taste of Armageddon, I think, in the series order. Right? Um, that might have been like the episode right before it. Um, but it's very similar to that of the idea of like, if everybody's going to have nukes, sometimes. Like, you have to know that there's a human cost of doing this. You can't just keep doing this and keep escalating because at some point there's a human cost. Um, and I, I, that's, I think that's Gary Seven's plan, right, is to, to make people realize, oh, yeah, if we do this, bad things can happen. We're not just doing this on paper, right, which is a very 
you know, Cold War premise. Mm-hmm. I think as a premise, this is done all right. I um, guess so. I didn't even understand the point. Was his point to, why was his point to arm it only to disarm it? Does he ever disarm it or do you, does he explode he it? He explodes it. I don't know that he ever was arming it. I think it was, it was he trying did, to. He did arm it. Cause that yeah, was a, because it was just a Well, you'd a have to arm thing. it to explode it, right? So why did he want to explode it? To get rid of it. Because I think because the plant, because his operatives were, um, died in a car crash, which that's a whole other conversation. Um, I think the reason he was arming it to explode it, because he ran out of time, basically. They, they were going to sabotage it earlier in a different way, but this was the only way left. So they had to arm it to explode it instead of doing whatever else they were going to do to ruin it. Because yeah. it just couldn't exist. Yeah, sure. Well, I think, though, he wanted to stop them from doing this again. Um, he didn't want them to keep putting nukes in space. So he wanted to make them realize that it could be the consequences could yeah. be dire. Yeah, because this... Were made. Well, the realization that, like, this thing that happened, this accident that happened, is not something that either side wanted, right? This is not what the U.S. wanted, is to fire a <laughs> nuclear missile at uh, Eurasia, right? They wanted to put a, a nuke in space to, like, scare people, but he's, they're basically saying, you know, you don't scare people by um, waving a loaded gun at them. Like, sometimes the gun's going to go off is, is mm. a metaphor for that. Um, like, that's what... I think that's the main premise here um, that it's kind of a simple premise, but it's a, a cold war premise, right? Super cold war. Yeah. Yes. Um, I just think they've done these cold war metaphor episodes in a lot more subtle and oh, yeah. ways. Yeah. It's hard to be <laughs> subtle when you're in 1968. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, talking about nuclear arms in space. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's not um, a lot of subtlety there. <laughs> I just, I don't like it when the message isn't subtext when it's text. Oh, yeah, we, we've talked yeah, about we've that. Yeah, we've talked about that too. It's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. This is like not artistic. It's just like trash TV. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with trash TV. I watch plenty of trash TV and well, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Yeah, well, then you do. Yeah, but you don't have a podcast about trash TV. <laughs> well, I mean, like, a lot of people do. I know plenty <laughs> I mean, of people who have like there bachelor are some podcasts. Bachelor podcasts, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, they shouldn't. Then they need to like go to a liberal arts college. <laughs> oh, don't don't be a don't be a snob, Chelsea. <laughs> I will one hundred percent be a snob. This is my this is what I study. <laughs> but I think as a There's I think nothing wrong with again anyway. as a as a as a just abject textual lesson on the problems of nuclearization um yeah this this is again a very 60s one they, they do this a lot you're right and sometimes they do it in more subtle ways but sometimes they do it in subtle ways and then they say and it was earth the whole time yeah yeah and they, they ruin the subtext anyway <laughs> there's um, plenty of episodes like where Glory. their subtext is well it's lovely and then they yeah and then they you know make the subtext text and you're like oh i didn't need the box <laughs> on the head at least this is text the whole time yeah Maybe that's a way to they, look did, they don't even try to make it subtext which uh. i actually am like okay <laughs> It would be problematic still to detonate a nuclear weapon uh, in the... I mean, they're they're still above the space boundary, right? But there's still, like... Things are going to drift down into the atmosphere. Um, This is a problematic thing to have happen. Yeah. Um, To have rocket debris that is now (laughs) (laughs) carrying um, 
fallout um, down into the high atmosphere where it's going to interact with the trade winds. This is not a <laughs> this is not a ideal situation. Um, but the only thing I liked about it was when Kirk gave the information to the whole crew for everyone to figure out since they had such a short time period. I feel like that should be a solution more of the time. It yeah. doesn't seem like it's standard military protocol, but... No, I did like that. That's a good point. There's good there's work. so little Kirk on screen, right, throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. There's no Bones, right? Bones calls He's up He's there for once, like five right? seconds. I don't it's like, like that. A very, very little Spock. He um, confirms that the person's a human. Oh yeah, Scotty's on forever. Scotty is. He's playing with like he's doing. He's zooming in, enhance, uh, enhance. Essentially, he's ostensibly using weather satellites, right? That's what he says yeah, he hacks into. To get, and then he's using it to get like centimeter, <laughs> mi- millimeter resolution of ground it's imagery. Just make any <laughs> from from like ninety degree parallel to the ground, right? Um, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, this is a this is a rough one where he's like, "Oh, let me just call up those weather satellites," which also, by the way, would not they would not have had re- high resolution ca- cameras. <laughs> they would have been able to reach with well, radio I think he was using the sort, signal. But... I don't think he was using like cameras from the satellites. I think he was bouncing signal off the satellites so that he could do that. To be fair. Just to... Okay, okay, Abby. Like, how does... <laughs> okay, Abby, let's 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 play I... in that space a little bit. I... So, what signal? Again, is... <laughs> Abby does not do science corner. <laughs> but what to a he... person who doesn't do science corner, I can no, make it, it work make in my sense. brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, you're on the winning side of this one. Science, <laughs> I hate this episode. All right. Well, Abby, do you want to turn to costume corner? Sure. Both like. Terry Garth. Wait, wait, I researched a lot about weather satellites. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even talked about the GRI one yet. <laughs> no one cares. We all know it's impossible from looking at this for like oh, one man. second. You would have to have a camera for, uh, or a series, like a network of cameras like, yep. planted in, or like dr- a drone or something. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, let's put it out there. This was helicopter footage of the uh, Apollo 4. Was that what it was? Uh, something like that. It was, yeah. Yeah, the this, NASA this is a, was, this... yeah I like the NASA footage. No, I mean, this is all, yeah, this is stock oh, well. footage of Apollo 4, which is fine, right? This is yeah. perfect. Except for the one that's um, a static image completely. Oh, yeah, there's a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they keep using uh, the same one over and over again, and I'm like, that's just a picture. <laughs> and the um, yeah, and this the sound uh, this one where he's clearly in a soundstage working on the rocket also with the cat on his back. Did yeah. you two watch the remastered version? I think so because Earth looked way too good. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's weird that they couldn't, for whatever reason, clean up the NASA images. Uh, well, they had they... to change the ratio. Yeah, there was an Is aspect ratio question. I think but so. I, I, in remastering the, I, I don't. So I did see an image of them orbiting Earth, right? Which is just like, you know, a first grade, you know, <laughs> science fair project that has like some blue and then some orange for land. Um, they didn't remaster that, right? They went in and just took Earth imagery and put it in that space. Um, whereas the NASA footage, they have footage that they would have to clean up as opposed to just redoing it wholesale. So they chose to let, let, keep that all in and keep it as it was. Well, they don't have better footage of Apollo 4, right? Um, they have the footage that exists. No, but you can clean that up. I mean, you like, can clean they've it up. remade, like, silent film 
sure movies to look a lot better or like you know footage from like the 30s and 40s yeah but they don't also want it to look better than the camera work of the time right um like they're not they don't have high resolution imagery of shatner right um it's clean but not i don't know yeah but they do they do clean up the show they clean up the special effects a lot right Mm. this is a weird one because it's not a special effect it's It's, not it's archival footage they chose to leave it in yeah Yeah. um i get it i think it was good use but it was fine it worked costume corner you wanted to go to costume corner (laughs) i like the costumes that's it I had several notes about, oh, good, we're on Earth, so Spock has to wear progressively weird hats. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he changes hats halfway through. (laughs) They couldn't have just left him with the one hat. No, I like the second hat a little bit better. Oh, I like I liked the like the toboggan hat a little bit better because I don't it think I noticed that he changed hats. Bummer. He oh, does. He definitely did. He, go, he goes from like a toboggan to a bucket hat. It is a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Neither looks good. Neither makes sense. Oh. Well, I mean, I... the outdoor hat makes some sense. Maybe it's cold out. I don't know what year. What you know? What time of year it is? It could be. But, cold well, but then Manhattan. they go to like Florida. So yeah, yeah, they're I, in Manhattan, yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah it was that part. Well, the rockets launching from Florida, right? Like yeah, Cape Canaveral. Trees. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be. Um, so. This, it's also. I mean, we make a point occasionally. You, you guys make a point about costumes that, like, they we they did. go back. Well, the last time they went back in time, and we're like, why don't they just put on period costumes? Um, and this time oh, they're I'm like, saying. yeah, why don't we go to the like? <laughs> they went to a room to get costumes, right? Yes. <laughs> They're, they're in the so they have room. someone on that ship who's like in charge of that. Yeah, they right. They they said like go to the costume room or whatever. Like yeah, <laughs> go to central cast, which is um, uh, you know different from a lot of the times they travel in time on accident. <laughs> yeah, so they did that better here. I, I, they did that better. Yeah, here. they actually thought about that part. Though their costumes great. do look a lot like the costumes from City on the Edge of Forever, which is yes, supposed to be it's true. 40s. They apparel. do. But the Lincoln's was really good. I like Lincoln's costume a lot. I like the short sleeved white shirts and the skinny ties. That's yeah. all I wanted to say. It was good costumes, right? It was, well, they didn't have to reach far, right? They just well, they weren't costumes. They were just, yeah. but to us, they, were they just do their look clothes. good. They do look good. Yeah, although um, poor Terry Gar, I guess, Rodbury kept wanting to shorten her skirt, and it was such a horrible experience for her. She just never talked about Star Trek, ever. Uh, she just didn't. God. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that math checks out. But <laughs> poor Terry Gar. National Terry I liked Terry her. Gar. She was a good. I thought she. Well, I didn't like. I think it was her stage direction that Ditsy sort of. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it was the stage direction because it was in the script. Yeah. She was supposed to be this like brilliant person, but also a ditz. Yeah. Um, but she pulled it off anyway. Well, it's yeah, she got to hit him with a metal book or she whatever did, that was. Or a box, whatever is <laughs> the box and thing. Yeah, no. Was... Why couldn't they be men if they could, if Scotty could lead them there? Uh, I think it was more of a, they, they weren't aware, they weren't sure devices. of the, um, yeah, plot device. But I think it, it was also, they weren't 100% sure of uh, where they would end up. So they yeah. were like, uh, this could My be weird. Read... <laughs> My read was that he couldn't tell exactly where he went, but he knew what it looked like when it happened. And by sending them close, he would know how far off that was. Right? Sure. That, like, um, sure. 
but like some sort of weird triangulation or something. Uh, yeah, Russian, Russian, science, science. Doesn't yeah, matter. MacGuffin, MacGuffin. <laughs> um, plot device, plot device. It's a good point that like they never use this later to my understanding. No. Yes. Can we talk about the, the speed of rockets and, and um, orbital <laughs> dynamics? And... Oh, no. <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> so this is this is a Saturn V that's being launched. That's important. But um... uh, I'm already annoyed. <laughs> Chelsea, you love Science Corner. We have a Science Corner I jingle. do usually like Science Corner, but I'm grumpy about it today. Well, so this they... episode's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they, they launched... So they, he launches this thing, and he's, like, trying to sabotage it to get course control or whatever. Um, but it's very hard to – right? This is a solid-state booster. This is a Saturn V. So once you light it, it's just go until it's gone. Um, this is not uh, – they do have second and third stages, which he could he is presumably controlling later. Um, but when he gets control and he's, like, directing this back towards the planet, they say, okay, it's 500 miles up. Um that's pretty far out there, right? That, that's a potential orbit. And a Saturn V could easily get to that orbit. But they've already used the main booster, right? They've used stage one. Um, and now he says, okay, it's at 550 miles, and it's two minutes to impact, which means if you do that math, it's got to hit 16,500 miles back to Earth, um, which is about the velocity that a Saturn V would give you out of the atmosphere, right? This is... They, they play with some numbers that are very close, but that rocket's going fast back in without main stage boosters. Okay, you both look so enthralled by this. Science corner over. <laughs> Wait, so what does that mean? It just, it's impossible? Well, they're treating this like you're in a car and you just, like, turn around. So to get in a stable orbit, you have to be going about 17,000 um, miles an hour, right? Fast. You have to be going fast. But it's 550 miles up, right? It's... And and it has it's it's already used a lot of that speed to get out. So he's now directing it back in. I guess the assumption would be he just knocks it in a little bit, but to get it down at an angle, I, I don't know. They're playing with a lot of these numbers in some some ways that are that it doesn't seem like he would have this sort of control over. So basically impossible. I mean, it doesn't surprise uh, me at all. It's not. I mean, it's one of these where we're like at the window of impossibility, looking in but they're still sort of playing in a space that's just like they could have chose these numbers differently. They could have only let it get 250 miles up, right? That's about where the space station is. Um, and then you only have to go half speed back in. But I don't know. The terminal velocity is is less than this, right? So the speed of sound starts to factor in. Um, it's like it has to be under thrust coming back in to make this work. So Sure. I don't know. Again, science corner over. You guys. That sounds sciencey, and like it makes sense to some people who science makes sense to, with rocket science and stuff. I'll just go well, with it. Well, I mean, it is a Saturn V, right? It is a Saturn V, which is what you would need. But sure, sure it was. <laughs> I believe you. I, everything you say makes makes me sound makes it sound like you know what you're talking about, and I believe you. I just uh-huh. it doesn't make sense to me, but it never would anyway. So. I am I am magpie information. I like lots of information, but I don't necessarily use it or know how to. <laughs> yeah, my takeaway was that Star Trek was doing stupid math and it didn't make sense, which is normal. But like we already know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I mean, especially the math on 
rocket science, as you said, is is tricky. They they were basically just kind of playing around with this. So, mm. well, Star Trek was predicting the future again. Sure, they were a lot actually. Like um, with there was rocket stuff that was it was a long paragraph of memory alpha that I kind of skimmed and didn't understand. Uh, it was um, <laughs> no uh, Apollo six, right? So yeah, uh, um, there were problems with Apollo six. Yeah, um, and then, that, so they kind of they were never it, but, disclosed, and yeah, they were like, "Wow, the, that could have been this launch." Yeah, but the one thing that they really got creepily right was the fact that um, this episode aired six days before Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And yep. they talked about there's about to be a an assassination happening and blah blah blah. And I was just like, well, that's terrifying. I hate. I both love and hate when Star Trek does that because it creeps me out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they had a psychic on the show and we don't even know it. Maybe. <laughs> you know, well, we'd it know it. We'd know it for a whole lot. When <laughs> we'd know it if psychic psychics existed, we'd know that. <laughs> Good point, good point. <laughs> I don't know. I have a friend here. Hey, Lauren, if you're listening, you should subscribe to us. <laughs> Wait, if she's and... listening, she already has subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> no, she won't listen. But anyway, she's a little bit psychic in a way that's a little scary sometimes. Chelsea, we could talk about how the demonstrable evidence to that is. <laughs> we I agree it. with you. And I don't believe in anything supernatural, not even remotely. But I will say some of the stuff that happens with her sometimes is a little freaky. Uh, anecdotally, lots of things happen in odd ways, but you don't pay attention to the times they don't happen in weird ways. Um, yeah, but she does things like write down dates that come to her in dreams. Um, yeah, but you never talk about the time she writes down dates and they don't happen in weird ways. Or you do post-fact. Um, Actually, post-hoc, we do. <laughs> post-hoc uh, uh, taking of those things. If you write down a date and say, on this date, this will happen, then that's... Um, prediction if you say oh i wrote down this date and this thing did happen like this episode did um <laughs> that's postdoc um rationale i wish ghosts I'm were real saying. i did Don't just, we all? i did just come across a, <laughs> a a random in production and reception on the wikipedia page for this episode that says that futurism which i don't know is probably another publication or something ranked assignment earth is one of the best of what they called second tier episodes of the original series i might oh my God. i might, be okay I, might I might bite on that i, I might who thinks that this is so bad i rank this up there as <laughs> spock's brain wow okay we need some heavy i think i might like spock's brain more than this i episode. think we might be in an alternative universe where chelsea has taken on my personality <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> abby is Super I cheerful. am grumpy. I've come back like in time to make sure that this happens. <laughs> I want this episode to die a little. I do have a, I do have a note that this is a good episode with a horrible premise, right? Um, that's fair. I, it's just, that's fair. It's no, a weird episode. It's a horrible episode with a horrible premise. I yeah. enjoyed it. Well, the premise is that it's not an episode of Trek, but it's a it's yeah, right. that's the thing. And I don't like that's the things problem. that aren't Trek. I don't even. I barely even like nah. <laughs> Oh, I hate it. Also, are Seven and that guy going to get married? What? Probably. Seven and that guy? Uh, Sorry, Lincoln and that guy. Lincoln and Seven. Is that the implication at the end when Spock and Kirk are like, you two have very many interesting things in store for you, wink, wink, wink. Again, talking about the temporal prime directive of things they should not be saying to people. That's true, like, but or was that the supposed no? To be that's setting the, up the show? that's the setting up the that's setting up the setting the, up the TV show, the yeah. other show. Yeah, the, like you're gonna have adventures. Ugh. You're gonna have a great TV show. <laughs> wink, wink. Network executives. Uh-huh. Yeah, except you never will. Oh my god, it's so bad. 
<laughs> I'm having a really good time being the cheerful one. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, let, Chelsea, let Abby have this I one week. Never, I, <laughs> this I is her never. one week. Yeah, I don't like this week. It's a busy time of the semester. <laughs> we are all busy right now. The only other thing I wanted to mention was that they talked, that uh, Lincoln girl talked about being a hippie in a hilarious way. Yeah, she does. Yeah, there is a weird. Uh, that's a weird. Yeah, that was a weird. <laughs> so, Gary Seven, we're saying, is not a time traveler. No, right? He's not, and he has no innate powers. He has a sonic screwdriver. No, I think he's. I think he's technically he's, human. He's human. I think, I think you're he's right. one of the yeah. like alien, like the you know the descendants of the humans that got taken by the aliens six thousand years ago is kind of my read on him. Yeah, I agree. And he's just an upper level manager, basically. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And he has the computer. He has a computer. He has a teleporter, the teleporter. that can the sassy that... computer, the super sassy computer that's yeah. sassier yeah. than the Enterprise. I thought computer. the computer was the best character in this. Entire I do episode. like the computer. A lot. I also enjoyed the computer. <laughs> okay, let's put out there though. He could teleport a thousand light years. Yeah, that is like the time it would take. For a message to for, to get from Starfleet, using yeah, but their can time. he ever go home? Um, yeah, I, I, I presumably, so. right? That inside the safe, yeah. right? He uses that to get places on Earth. It's just a better teleporter, right? Yeah. So he can go back to where he grew up because Earth is not his home. Correct. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. To Abby's point, he is human, but he's also extraterrestrial. Yes. Um. um so yeah, I, he has a teleporter that could. Presumably send him anywhere he wants. He has a sonic screwdriver. He has a computer. Um, he has knowledge, I guess. Uh, this is a weird one. Um, he doesn't have a ship. Presumably. Well, he doesn't have a ship. No. I think they just teleport him. I think it's the, their teleporter is super fancy, and they're very advanced. Yeah, but he's easily stopped by, for example, being transported by others. Yeah, but that was a weird... That was a... Yeah, that was a... That was kind of plot... Place. I mean, <laughs> his own assistant stopped him and the Enterprise On accident. Him. Yeah, she was <laughs> just fiddling times. with numbers, right? <laughs> um, well, and the, but the Enterprise wasn't even trying to stop him. So no, yes. the, the plot, argument plot, was they plot. just sort of got in the way, which, sure. I guess. Um, they never really go into that in Trek, but I guess. Mm, sure. And especially if he's using a type of teleportation that we don't really even know about. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. I think he's down with the humans, though, right? Um, and frankly, I think I would put him very close to people we've just talked about, um, like the Oracle. So um, I think if he had been tasked with doing what Kirk did in For the World is Hollow and I've Touched the Sky, uh, yeah. he would have done it and been in and out as a spy. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. He was definitely a good spy. <laughs> I think he would have gotten there and been like, "Oh, cool! I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to do this thing they did," and he would have fixed it, and we never would have known about it. I think that's correct. Um, that so I think he's above the Oracle, and Mob is right below that. He's definitely above Mob. Baylock and Romulan Serica are above that, though, and they have ships. They I have think ships. Well, they yeah, they have ships. So I think he might fall below just because. But he has a fancy teleporter, and he could go pretty much anywhere. It seems like. Yeah, could he just teleport on a? Well, I think. Romulan Sarek has a warp I don't know board. that he can go anywhere because he goes from that other planet to the teleporter on Earth. Yeah. So there maybe he has to, to be another. No, but then he, he teleports. There. He teleports to the the launch pad, 
right? Yeah, and the only reason he gets out is because she accidentally brings him back. I think once he goes to a place, he's kind of stuck unless there's a way for him to use it. I would think that he he must have some sort of, like, you know... Remote. Remote or something. Yeah, because how else would he get away from the I mean, let's put this out there. If this was the doctor, he would just use a sonic screwdriver to get back. True story. Which is the only explanation. Yeah. Although, really, the TARDIS doesn't have a teleporter. Or he would just Uber back, you know, essentially. Yeah. Um... Which is the only other explanation. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> so the question would be, could he beat Baylock with a teleporter and a sonic screwdriver? Yeah. I mean, the sonic screwdriver can do pretty much everything. So, But he'd have to get on Baylock's ship, which I don't know they ever try to teleport to, but... Yeah. Hmm. They try to teleport on a Baylock ship. They do once he invites them, right? Yeah. But I don't think they try to earlier. Hmm. This is very perplexing. I'm not sure. I don't care. <laughs> wow. I think just the fact that Balak has a ship, I would say that sure. Balak wins in I'm, that. I have right. no strong feelings, so I'm down. That sounds great. All right. So above the Oracle above, below Balak. Great. Gary Bob. Seven. Boy, he would have been much more powerful if he got his own show. <laughs> True story. I'm so glad he didn't. You wouldn't have had to watch it. Yeah, it would have been like all these spy shows of the 60s that no one ever watched. There were Uh, hundreds of these. There's many. Terrible of them. It was a thing. It was a a genre. I do, but whatever. Chelsea, is bingo going to make you happy? Because there's no way we're getting bingo. (laughs) I am going to be even more unhappy than I already am. Because we didn't even see characters. There were no jokes whatsoever. (laughs) If we don't even get a new type of bingo, I want a new bingo We should have a Gary 7 bingo. That's four by four. Hold on. Let's create a Gary 7 bingo where (laughs) we have to come up with the tropes that would have appeared in Gary 7's horrible, horrible... (laughs) Sonic show. screwdriver, obviously. Yeah, sonic screwdriver would be uh, teleport somewhere. Teleported. Oh, the cat helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the cat, cat meow. Well, a, a person meows cat, oh, for the cat. The cat attacks a person. Ooh, yeah, uh. that would be a good one. Um, um, uh, Terry Gar uh, does something accidentally that turns out to be awesome. Yeah, the computer um, acts snarky. Yes, the computer is snarky. <laughs> Um, okay, no, this, this could no. be good. God, please let us stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like you're Miri. I'm really um, having a, a lot of so enjoyment about being um, Chelsea this episode. It's I don't I can't do it all the time because it would exhaust me. But this is this is great. <laughs> this is the pilot for a whole different podcast where Abby is the happy one. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so hungry. We're selling the streaming rights. <laughs> I want. Food. <laughs> well, so okay. we lost, we lost Bingo, right? Like, oh, handily. totally. Like there was, there was a couple there was things. A, like there, there like, was a captain's log. The captain's there was log. A yeah. Occurring character. Yeah, there no. were recurring actors. They set phasers to stun, log. right? They did set phasers to stun. Ancient Earth history is referenced, of yeah. course, because they're in sure. ancient Earth history. And there was Vulcan neck pinches all over the place. So, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it didn't work on Gary Seven, but it worked on the the guard. So it was all it was all good. What ones did we need? Oh, uh, several, them. several. Like if if we had gotten weapons don't work in a shirtless or rip shirt Kirk, we would have gotten a bingo. But oh, it would have been really hard to work a shirtless Kirk into this one. Yeah, I know. Well, he would have had to be in it more. Sure. <laughs> they could have gone away. That they could have roughed him up. Shall we see if the next episode is going to make Chelsea happier? <laughs> it's better. <laughs> this has been really. What's your next least me. favorite episode? <laughs> 
I don't know. There are. I didn't remember this one. I yeah, blocked this it from is my a memory. Super forgettable. I, episode. I remember. Well, it's because it's not. It's not an track. episode of Star Trek. That's why. It's not track. It's very confusing. Destroy this okay. episode. Oh, At least we don't have to do it again. We're back to season one, you guys. We're gonna get done with season one pretty soon. Yeah, we haven't done <laughs> like done any a of season of three. There's, there's some good stuff in season one there that is, we haven't touched. There is. That we haven't hit. On um, and this one is Dagger of the Mind. Uh, Kirk uh, and psychiatrist Helen Noel are trapped on a maximum security penal colony that experiments with mind control, and Spock must use the Vulcan mind meld to find a way to save them. I think wait. I remember what this. Oh one yeah, is. yeah. What's it called again? Dagger of the Mind. From Macbeth. Uh, mm. Do I remember this one? I don't know. We'll it, I mean, this is a this out. is a pretty. Uh, I do not remember. This is this a pretty famous all. one. Yeah. 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 Um, oh wait, no, I do. Okay, I just had to see Kirk lying down in the weird chair, <laughs> and then it was all clear. Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, he makes out with that girl. Okay, cool. I mean, when does that does he? this does make me a little happier? At least it looks <laughs> like the characters are going to be in it. Yeah, this is one that has tons of characters in it. So yeah, this will um, be this will be fun. This is like the this is like the island of Doctor Moreau, isn't it? This is the one where it's. On Island of Dr. Murrow in space? Yeah, I could see that. Um, right? Yeah, I'm is pretty it? sure. Where the, the inmates take over, basically. Um, Isn't that this one? I don't know that reference. It sounds complicated. It's 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 not, but it maybe. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm, there's other we'll re- there's another references that, that I'm thinking of, and I'm, I'm struggling to think of them. So. Sure. You too. I like this girl's hair a lot. I think I'm going to do my hair like it this week. Oh, wow. That is... <laughs> That is wait, which one? I guess there's the, only one. Yeah, the girl. Um, well, there's two. There's there's another that has like um, you know, hair that kinda there's another flip. Oh, flip out hair? No. Yeah. I wanna do this updo with this like Fancy one hair. piece hanging down on the side. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's put Chelsea out of her misery. Um. Yay! <laughs> we'll never uh, have to talk about this episode again, Chelsea. We don't. We, we're done now. Um, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, uh, and you can say hi to us in those places. Um, and watch Dagger of the Mind for next week if you are so inclined. Subscribe where you in your podcaster of choice. Um, and we'll see you guys next week for Dagger of the Mind.